Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. If you're a night owl looking for a great job, Walmart is hiring overnight shift workers. Pay starts at $14.50 to $15.50 per hour, and you'll earn great benefits, including 6% 401k match, $1 a day college, time off when you need it, and discounts and savings. Other opportunities are also available with varying pay rates for daytime shifts. Text 240 to 240 to apply with Walmart today. Again, all you have to do is text 240 to the number 240 to apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the Genesis Invitational. This week, I am ready to go. I am not tired. I slept, I went to bed at like 8 p.m. last night, like an 85-year-old man. I just had a quadruple espresso. It's only 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so I'm ready to fucking go. As usual, I am here with my co-host, everyone's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you today? I'm fired up, man. I'm with you on that. I don't maybe don't have the quadruple espresso in me. I'm not a big coffee guy, but absolutely jacked up we had a great tournament we're going to talk about it here in a second before we get started guys I want to remind you quickly sponsored this podcast is sponsored and presented by rotogrinders.com head on over to rotogrinders.com slash dj and get yourself 10 bucks off your first month check out everything that we're doing over there i'll recite it again at the end everything i've got going on there but uh yeah good week kenny uh, another speed resurgence and only to have uh, his old friend daniel Berger take it away from him yeah i mean it's sort of revenge if you remember what was the one where it was the travelers where uh, Spieth hold out that bunker shot to win. Was and they did, and him and Grella did that. Uh, yeah, that, big that, bump. That, yeah, that chest bump. I think a little bit, a little bit of a revenge factor there. Um, Berger, what a win! I mean, the guy is just—he's uh, been playing some damn good golf. Um, I, I like the way he 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 motivates himself, talking about like he feels like he's underrated, but that's okay with him. Like you know, it just puts a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. And these Florida State guys, they, they tend to play with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. With Kepka and him both in that in that realm. I mean, uh, what a win! That eagle on the last was really impressive. On uh, the double bogey on eighteen on Saturday, you know, it put him in a little bit of a damper, but he came through um, on on Sunday. I think this is his fifth win. Um, if you look, I mean, the guy's just been really good. Like uh, when it comes to finishing. Um, you know, he, let me get the stat here. Uh, he has five worldwide wins, his final Sunday rounds in these wins, 67, 66, 66, 65, 65. Berger seems like a Sunday warrior to me. Uh, really, really solid stuff by him, uh, this past week. Great win. Um, and then we had, you know, Spieth again, playing again, playing better. Uh, I think that's eight of his 10 rounds this year. He's got under par his Sunday I don't know how he did it, but he shot on a par two under, which is not like horrible. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, for, for Pebble, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. He had that one bogey on the uh, par five on the back nine, you know, that sort of cost him. But other than that, he was, he wasn't bad. Uh, you know, he could have easily shot in the sixties. If he just parred that hole, maybe only been one back uh, or a couple back, you know, and then we have Maverick Manili with, with the club twirl of the century. 
right oh, yeah. there oh, on yeah. 18. Uh, he looks solid. Cantley again playing well. Lashley, oh man, that was the most depressing part. So this week was a pretty good week for me. Uh, you know, I came in like fifth in a short game and I doubled up the lineups. That's what I do when I play the short game. Uh, I do like two lineups for every lineup. So I only put 10 lineups in it. Um, so, you know, I doubled up and I came in fifth, but that Lashley triple uh, cost me a few hundred dollars. Um, so that one hurt a little bit, but I mean, you know, Homer was there day. Basically all the big names were up top for a weak field event, um, which I guess makes sense. Uh, it was a fun tournament to watch, even with the week week field. I enjoyed it immensely, even uh, on a Saturday and Sunday. It was great. What'd you think? Yeah, I actually love that part of it. A lot of things right quick I'll get to, but I thought, you know, it was almost like I said this this morning on the lineup review show with my guy TJ, and we go back through the roster construction and stuff over on Roto Grinders, and he was saying it, and then I sort of echoed it. It was like, it was like a birdie fest that wasn't. There was enough birdies out there on Thursday and Sunday that it was kind of like there was enough scoring to get a guy like McNeely, who we weren't as high on last week, myself, or I wasn't at least because of the fact I thought, you know, maybe more of a grinder's paradise 18 under it still got up there but most of the guys were 15 under or worse and i mean that's sort of what we expected but it would there was still enough scoring opportunities to get to it so i kind of like how they set it up i like some of the course changes they made they played well into the weather on how they used the course and set it up that way so they they really made do with what they had and yes like you said it allowed for the weak field the, the cream to rise to the top but that was sort of be, to be expected anyway you know day was in the mix casey got there that jet lag seems to be nothing to him Cantley could have done stuff speed and everyone will say this about speed you know I mean, we, I was on a show with Feinberg on Friday and we talked about speed being needing a win to be back, but the stats are there. Everyone's going to say, oh, but those Eagle holeouts. So what, if they don't go in the hole, what were they, what were they inches from the pin? Like these, these were great approach shots. His approach game has been on. Um, Justin Ray posted on a stat with, you know, showing where he's been leading up to the waste management. And since then on hitting greens and his total strokes gained approach and everything going with that. I think that's awesome to see again, him, being in the mix makes the game better. Like you said, he still posts center party. He didn't go out and post a 78 on Sunday. Actually, what was crazy was his putter let him down of all things. So actually, if he had his magic beans and his putter going, he could have won this thing. Mav McNeely, you talked about that. The, the twirl was incredible. I thought he was going to be Mav McNeagley on, on 18 and make that. And then it still wouldn't have been good enough because Berger closes the door with the big Eagle uh, to close it out, which was amazing. And then you saw McNeely's face and just mouth the words. Wow. Like he couldn't believe it. That was uh, awesome to see there. And then our boy Wiley, you know, the, the golf Landia podcast said he missed a, a content piece with this. He got, he got back to it though. And I thought it was the best of the week was Nate Gashley just smashed that green in on that four. Uh, uh, I mean, I, would, I probably would have done worse, man. I felt so that bad. Was so bad. And then yeah. the funny part is he like looks back and, and he like, you could see it, You could read it off him. He was thinking like, damn, I should go fix that. But then he was like, knows there's a camera right there. And he was kind of like, man, how did I mess that up and got out of there real quick? And someone's like, is he going to fix that or not? Nah? Because he I smashed mean, that was, thing there, in good. There was nobody behind him. He was on the final group. Let the greenskeeper yeah. fix that. I know it's sort of disrespectful <laughs> to the greenskeeper, <laughs> but when you four putt a green and you lose hundreds of thousands of dollars, oh, yeah. I, 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 I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on yeah. that one. Like if it was and somebody they, who, if it was somebody who's used to being up there and doing that, I might've been a little bit more pissed off, but this guy, like, you know, out of the blue, doesn't have very many chances, and he just loses like half a million dollars. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't blame him for that. And they didn't, they didn't I, even show his third putt because they thought he was going to make it. Yeah, and I know, was, I know. I was, was like, wait, they show his fourth putt. I was like, wait, yeah, what exactly. Just I was, yeah, same thing. I was thinking, I was like, wait a second, this is for double. Oh, this is for triple. I thought it was for double. Why is his ball on the other side of the hole again? He didn't even show it. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that, that one hurt me. I mean, but overall, it was, it was a great week for me. I rostered everyone in of the 11 golfers in the top 10. I rostered all of them except Paul Casey and Charlie Hoffman. So I had McNeely. Uh, you know, I had, um, I had Lashley. I had Tringali. I had Knox. I had all those guys. Uh, you know, I had Knox and Lashley. Um, you know, in the same line and ho- uh, in the same lineup in that five in that one dollar, uh, and then I actually came through with like a thirty third and a three dollar for a couple of hundred. Uh, cash cake cornerstones went four for four once again, but once again I lost in cash. That shit's pissing me off because it would have been a huge fucking week if I won my cash. Uh, you know, instead of like you know a little bit more than the hundred percent return on investment, it would have been two hundred percent return on investment. So that is, makes me a little bit of. I'm hopefully I've been helping you guys out. Because that's two weeks in a row, back-to-back with four over four made cuts in tournaments like 15 and 10%, 6-6. Six six. 
Um, so, you know, I had Malnati as one of my, one of my guys and he did not make it. Uh, and so that one hurt. Uh, I was right on a bubble. So I was a little pissed off about that. Uh, so it's a great week on DraftKings betting. I basically won like 20 bucks. I, 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 I bet a whole bunch of dudes went, went live. Uh, the only thing that saved me was I bet, uh, I think 70 bucks on Naismith top 20 after the second round. Again, these, these values you can find in top twenties and top forties after round two and after round three, they've been saving me because I have not hit an outright. Um, I had Maverick McNeely. I bet him live at 800 or 80 to one on Saturday night or Saturday morning. Uh, so in the, in the six events I've had this year, I think I've had like four or five runner up finishes. For, for some of my bets, uh, either outright or live. Uh, so I haven't been able to hit, but I've won betting last the last four weeks because of these top 20s and top 40s. Um, now, technically, I guess I would have lost because I would have lost 20 bucks, uh, even hitting that McNeely, uh, even hitting that Naismith top 20. But uh, one of the books had this thing where if you, the Wizards had lost, if the Wizards lost by 100 or less, uh, you know, you'd win. So, so like I put 50 bucks on that. So that actually gave me a winning week uh, because I don't usually bet on much outside of golf. So overall betting again, four weeks in a row as betting has been legalized in my state of Virginia. It's four winning weeks. So we're, we're, we're picking up some steam here, guys. We are picking up some steam right at the right time with this big tournament coming up with the Florida swing, the WGC and the masters right around the corner. I am ready. I am ready. Tamba, how'd you do? Yeah, it wasn't the worst week. Uh, it could have been a lot better. My bet, you know, start with betting. That was uh, the challenge. You had, I had Day, I had Streelman, I had Norlander, I had Stallings, all guys that looked pretty good going into the weekend. Obviously, they all crashed and burned. Even my book giving me T8 each way on a guy like Streelman, uh, and he just burns Ooh, himself up. He also had like a three putt 16, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah down the stretch. That, that shit, one hurt. So. That shit cost me in cash. That's what yeah, cost me in cash because I was about 11 points, anywhere from like eight to 15 points outside the cash line on my double ups. So like that double, and then he would have been, if he parred that, he would have been like top six. That would have been probably enough points to get me across the finish line in a lot of them where I would have bubbled instead. So yeah, it's bad luck in cash. Sorry to interrupt, but I mean, it's just no, pissing so me good. off because going four for four, back-to-back weeks with the cash game cornerstones, including two top, including like, you know, I had a second place guy, uh, third, you know, Cantley this past week. And then I, the week before, I had like three top 20 guys still can't get over the threshold, which is pissing me off. Uh, but hopefully, once again, it's helping you guys because, you know, hopefully you use them and they all made the cut. And hopefully you made better decisions than the other two than me. Yeah. And I got a sneak peek at Kenny's Cash Game Cornerstones for this week. You won't want to miss them. I think the I can tell when they're winners and when they're losers. I just don't want to be mean to Kenny. These are winners, though. Trust me. I, I got these <laughs> ones this week. I'm, I'm really feeling these ones. As far as uh, DFS, just to get back on track here, Kenny, yeah. uh, I know where my money went there. It wasn't a bad week. I only lost around like 300 bucks, which for you know heavy volume and large field stuff, that's not that bad. I'll take that as a win in some cases and just hope to get it more right the next time. But I know exactly where my money went, and it's somewhere in the trees on 18 that Michael Greller still can't find it up there for my boy, Tom Hoagie. Hoagie. That cost me in the flop shot. I was in like the top 25 with Hoagie expecting, you know, at least maybe a birdie on 18 out of this guy. And and then sure enough, you know, nice little tee shot right up the middle, but there's a tree there. And somehow the ball got lost in the tree and we go back to the tee. And he even said off the tee, Oh no, not again. And it just snuck through this time, but he was dead, dead online. It just, you know, not quite with where you wanted on that hole because of that, potential opportunity so that is exactly where my money went for the week as far as profit goes on um dfs but overall pretty solid the the you know pegged a few things good just didn't quite get it all there and now we go to this week where i, I love this event man this is a, a great event to go after and and we got our listener league back kenny we got our listener league back for this week yeah, Joe, before we go in before you describe it the reason why sometimes you know i think we missed a couple of listener leagues is because yeah. DraftKings is the one that makes it for us. We have no control over the Listener League. And, and the guy that we work with to get the Listener League in uh, just had his, uh, I think, the first his first child. So for all you parents out there, you know, like the last thing on your mind is probably getting our Listener League in when he has a newborn kid doing his thing. So uh, so we, you know, bear with us, uh, hopefully. But this week he was on target. Go ahead, Tambo. 
Yeah, no, it's all good. Everything you said is absolutely correct. I know we, we, it's disappointing, right? We want to have it out for you guys. It's a lot of fun. I know everyone's got a listener league these days, but ours has you know, been around for quite a while. It's a lot of fun to have with you guys. We talk about the winner each week. We do the three, man. We do the tournament of champions thing. So uh, excited to have it back. It, it, it's something we try and get for you guys every week when it doesn't pan out. It's unfortunate, but I'll, you know, again, apologize for last week. Disappointed. We are as well. We've got it back for this week. We've still got the reduced rate. We've still got the max guarantee. I think it'll fill up no problem at 750, and we'll have some fun this week with it and find a new winner to join us in the three man going into the week after. So we'll, we'll have it for this week. It's already been posted on my Twitter account and retweeted by the fantasy golf degenerates Twitter as well. All right. So we'll just go straight into this week since we can skip yeah, that man. part. Let's go. The PJ tour stays in. Cali this week as the best golfers in the world head to Riviera Country Club for the Genesis Invitational. This event has the Invitational label, meaning only 121 golfers are in the field instead of like the normal 140 to 156 you see at normal events. Uh, the cut is top, still top 65 in ties, so in theory, it should be easier to get 66 through the cut. Uh, because of this, I think you can be a bit more aggressive in your cash game though. Uh, upside in cash, I think, is a bit more important this week because I expect the 6-6 six six numbers to be higher than usual with this strong of a field and probably less than 50 golfers missing the cut. Uh, I'm con- I mean, I'm actually contemplating using Luke List in cash. So that tells you, you know, how much risk I'm thinking of taking uh, this week. Now, the size of the greens notwithstanding, many people compare this course to Augusta, and correlations have been made between golfers that perform well at Augusta and golfers that perform well here. Uh, other than James Hahn five years ago, every golfer that has won this tournament in the last 28 years um, has finished inside the top 22 at the Masters at some point in their careers. Also, 18 of the last 30 winners at Riviera have either won or came in second at Augusta at some point. That's like 65% of the golfers that have won here in the last 30 years, you know, have finished first or second at Augusta. I know Tigers won a bunch. I know Bubbles won a bunch, but still that's a pretty high number. Now, Riviera Country Club is a 7,350-yard-ish par 71 with four par threes and three par fives. The three par fives are the three easiest holes on the course, and there's also drivable par four. you got to score on these par fives uh, this week. It's really important. Riviera is known as one of the best and most challenging courses on tour. Off the tee, golfers will see tight fairways, many fairway bunkers with huge lips and challenging dog legs, especially to the right side, which should favor right-handed golfers with a fade or lefties to play a draw. The course hasn't seen much substantial rain this month, so I expect the fairways to be firm and have a bunch of rollout. Because of this, I think length off the tee will be helpful, but not, you know, not a necessity. Uh, you know, there's always those outliers. Uh, the rollout should make hitting the fairways more difficult for everyone. So you'll want your golfers to be as close to the green as possible off the tee so they have shorter clubs in their hands on the approach. There are trees, uh, but the tree line is usually a bit away from the fairway, anywhere from about five to 10 yards away from the fairways. So golfers have to miss pretty wildly to have trees blocking their approach shots. Uh, the fairways and rough use Kikuyu grass. The grass is rare to the United States and could cause many problems if golfers hit it in the rough, uh, especially if they have little experience with Kikuyu. Kikuyu is very popular on golf courses in South Africa, Australia, and Asian countries. So that might be something to look at when selecting your golfers for DraftKings this week. Though the rough won't be too tall, it is somewhat thick. For the most part, though, Hitting it into this rough won't be too big of a deal uh, unless they're, you know, behind trees. But there will be instances where the Kikuya rough can grab and bury golf balls, making your approach shots much more difficult to control or get any spin. Uh, hitting short irons out of the Kikuya rough will make a cor- course a lot easier, no matter the line. Uh, now, on the flip side of golfers and fairways, their golf balls will sit up perfectly because of the spongy nature of the Kikuya grass. But since there is a lot of slope on the fairways, golfers will have to deal with a lot of fade or draw lies. Uh, approach play is definitely an important stat, as nearly 70% of the golfers that have finished top three here the last six years have been inside the top 56 in strokes gain approach for the year they finished top three. The greens use POA and a blend of bank, bank grass. They will be a, a, above average in square footage, but the landing areas for birdie attempts will be small due to the fast, firm, 
undulating and multi-tiered aspects of the green. The greens will be quick with a stint meter rating of around 12.5, and they will be surrounded by bunkers and false fronts. Uh, the six hole actually has a bunker right in the middle of the green. We see some crazy shots uh, from that little, some pitches off the greens, which I know the greenskeepers are huge fans of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one key number I saw was that nearly 80% of the golfers that finished top three here the last 15 years were inside the top 55 in strokes gained tee to green for the year they finished top three. This is definitely a big boy course. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? I think you named them all, Kenny. So tee to green, just, you know, ball strikers in general, overall solid play. Treated almost like a major personally for me, like not as much of the course history factor as with some guys, at least as, as what we were doing last week, last week, clearly course history came through pretty much in, in all facets, but this one, like you said, big boy course, a lot better field. So you have guys like, let's say JB Holmes, Martin Laird, who have solid course history here, but they also had pretty solid course history at the waste management and missed the cut. So uh, last week was more course history than this week. For me, you mentioned the greens of regulation, the T to green approach, par five scoring, all of that will go into it, but a lot of it, as we're about to hop right into it here, is the field is just so damn strong that it is going to come down to ownership, line of construction, build types, you know, and I'll talk about some of that throughout as we're going through some of the tiers. Yeah, the greens are pretty tough to hit here. Um, yeah. I think it's like top five most difficult greens to hit. So, you know, around the greens is going to be important. Like I said, part five. Uh, I think there's a bunch of approaches from 150 to 175. That should be something to look at as well. But let's get right to it. Let's get to these tiers. Tambo, we got the 10K range. Bryson all the way up to DJ. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going to stick with DJ. You know, I know he's 11-3, but this is one where I just feel like, again, it's just a, a DJ course. So not just because the course history, but everything that you just talked about that goes with as far as what we're on with stats. There's a lot of big names up here. So that will allow it to be a little bit more dispersed when I still think DJ is just head and shoulders from everything he's been doing lately. I think the week off probably helped him, right? I know he didn't go out there. People were disappointed that he wasn't at the pro-am, but he just got a week to chill, do his thing, collect his thoughts. And he wants to start this tear up again, right? Crush this place, WGCs, get back into form, ready for the masters, take a few tournaments down in between. So uh, definitely back in on DJ. I actually like, I'm not going to, you know, skip to this range completely, but just, you know, there is, X and Cantlay where you could just skip the 10 K range altogether. So I will say that. So DJ X or DJ Cantlay, that's why I'm setting it up and, and planting my uh, fork in the road and going down the DJ route. But uh, JT and Rom would be my next two favorites. Just the guys that I'm always on. So Rom is my second favorite after DJ, not quite sure why he's cheaper than Rory. I know last couple of years here, Rory's done all right and whatnot, but, and been doing a few things lately, but I just still have Rom above him at 10, four. I'll definitely start some lineups with Rom this week. And then JT is just sort of the, the in-betweener there. It's he can always go out and win. I think again, I always talk about this, but long-term talent right now, DJ and Rom may be the better two in the world, but JT is in my opinion, going to be the best of all three of them long-term. So um, that's where I'm at with these three at the top. Obviously you've got Bryson, Rory, other guys in the mix that you could go to and make a case for, but I'm still just going to stick with my three that I'm used to. And that's DJ, JT and Rom. I'm going DJ too. And I might be taking your your advice. You're reading my mind and skipping the rest of the 10K. I don't know if I'm completely going to do that. I think I might just wait till ownership comes out and see. I think Bryson's going to be the, the least owned. Uh, I think I'm going to play the least owned guy because talent-wise, these guys are pretty fucking close to each other, uh, you know? And yeah. so, and so I, I think I'm going to go DJ. And the thing is, if like Bryson's going to be like 13%, I could just have 20% of them be overweight. Uh, you know, and not go too crazy. Uh, but that's I what the- I want to see where, not to cut you off, but that's what I want to see where Rory's at because the, the more intriguing to me would be Rory because I feel like because he's in the middle of JT and Rom and people are already in on DJ and skipping this range, like Rory, your master's tidbit, he ties in with that. He's always right in the mix there, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the T to green numbers, something he's after. You know, the joke was on everyone last week with that ridiculous video where you know strokes gain don't matter apparently yet all these golfers (laughs) use these as their you know as their annual goals are set based off of them that's jt and rory specifically that have talked about it plenty and you know rory's had those numbers right there and and when people talked about him winning the player of the year over brooks that season it was because not only did he win the players the rbc and the fedex or whatever but he still had those t to green numbers that shine so he's i guess the more intriguing one to me than than bryson not to steal your Thunder yeah, well, I, the thing is, you do I, it, I just I would play the other guys instead. I just expect people always play Rory. Like if they're close, if Bryson and, D- and Roy are close in ownership, 
then yeah, I'd probably go Rory over Bryson. Which is what I'm but saying. I, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong. But, I just, but, but, but I'm going with the guy that I see projected the lowest ownership um, in this range other than DJ because I'm playing the fuck out of DJ. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm going to go because, I mean, I, you know, I, I love the 9K range. So I don't want to be too heavy on a guy other than DJ in this 10K range. Because like you said, lineup build-wise, it's a lot easier to go DJ and one of these 9K guys who are studs than going, you know, Rom DJ, you know, or or Justin Thomas DJ. It's going to be tough uh, to do. It's doable. It's doable. But, I mean, like, you know, you got to get those 6K plays right. And that's yeah, always well, difficult. One, one final thought on that, and I'll let you take it to the to the nine K range. Is last week we talked about this a little, Kenny, and I'll reverse it back here now. So last week I said, look, you've got this guy at the top and can't lay, but the challenge was the six K range sucked. Right? Didn't matter how many guys were down there; it was extremely tough to find someone. I did the review show today, going through it. There was no six K guys in the winning lineups. It was all seven K guys or three seven K guys, two seven K guys, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Here, being an invitational, there actually is guys down in the six K. It's not just a bunch of random names. There's there's definitely some uh you know stones you'll have to or whatever you want to call mines that you'll want to avoid but i think that at the same time there's some good plays down there where you could use at least one 6k guy to make your dj lineup still pretty decent overall you mentioned some guys earlier we'll get to it later but that's just my thoughts a little bit on roster construction take us away kenny to the 9k range you got xander shoffle all the way down to adam scott last year's yep. champion yep like i said i am going to be a little bit more aggressive in my cash game this week. And the aggressiveness is going to come out because I'm using three guys in the nine K range in my cash game cornerstones. The first one is going to be Mr. Cantley. The guy's just been close. The win is due. I mean, we, you've been watching, everyone's been watching him. He's been close every week. The guy just has low numbers in him. Uh, you know, he has a decent history here. What did he finish here last year? I think he finished, uh, hold on, let me look here. Seventeenth, fifteenth, and fourth in the last fifteenth and fourth. So, so pretty good for pretty good form here. And then you know, there's form recently. Couple of you know, second and a third, I think, or did he finish second last week? I don't even remember. Uh, sure. I mean, a back to back runner up, something like that. The guy's form is there. Wins coming. Uh, I mean, so yeah, uh, there's there's no doubt in my mind using him at ninety six hundred dollars, which is you know, in my book, cheap as hell for a guy who's been playing extremely well uh, i think maybe him and bryson might even be able to be flipped you know in the price range um and, and so i'm going can't lay second one i got a feeling i just got a feeling i, I don't know like i talk shit about him I, I said he can't win i i think this could be phenol's week like i don't think i've ever said that on the pod ever uh i i, I think this could be phenol's week uh, you know, a couple of runner-ups, a fourth. The guy's form is there. He's had, you know, the Sunday hiccups, but he's been through it enough where maybe he could come through just this one time. Uh, I mean, of course, his stats line up perfectly. You know, his approach game's good. He scores a lot of drafting points, really good from 450 to 500 yards. You're going to see a bunch of uh, par fours around there. He's long enough to have short irons in every green. He crushes par fives. Uh, you know, so I, I just got this feeling. I'm going with Finau as my second cascade cornerstone. Uh, he's also going to be one of my bets at 29-1 uh, this week. Um, and then I'm going Adam Scott, a guy who just doesn't miss cuts here. Uh, you know, one of his favorite courses, is the Australian narrative with the Kikuyu. Uh, you know, winner last year. I, I can expect him to do well uh, here. I got no problem using the former champ as my third cascade cornerstone. I mean, first, seventh, 11th, second, 10th. Seven, you know, that's like what one, two, three, four, five of his last six attempts here. The guy just loves this course, he's used to it coming off a top 10. Um, so I am going with Mr. Adam Scott. So, of course, I'm going to go down a little bit, and you know, I will go over that when I get down there. But I love this range, like, I'm going, they've got two guys up top as well. I'm going to play Xander, I'm going to play Kepka, uh, those, and I'm going to play Spieth. So that's why. I think I'm probably going to skip the 10K range for the most part. Um, if all of them are going, if all those 10K guys are going to be projected around 15 to 18%, uh, I might not even play any of them. If, if someone's around 12, 11, 10, then I might go ahead and play one of them and keep his exposure minimum, but still be above the, above the field in weight, you know, in leverage. 
Uh, so that's where I'm going because, you know, Xander, again, playing great golf, third in my model. Uh, one thing I did change about my model, I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know, it's just been two weeks. And of course, the two weeks I've changed as my cash game cornerstones have all gone four for four. I've actually, you know, Campbell, you've always talked about looking at long-term form. Um, I shortened it back up. Instead of going 100 rounds, I'm looking at 50 and 12. Uh, that's what I did when I was in my best form. Uh, and I think I'm just going to go back to it. So that's, you know, I was talking about different changes that I've made that I was thinking about making in my setup uh, when I'm, you know, when, when it comes to cash and even GBPs. And that's one thing I'm going to look at. And that's one thing I did change. Uh, so in the last 50 rounds, you know, he's third in my model. One of the best par five player out there. Good on long par fours. Sneakily good around the green. I mean, sometimes he has issues, but he's top 10 around the green in his last 50 rounds. And I'm going to play Kepka. Uh, another guy who's really good on POA. Like if you think about, if you look at his POA stats, where is he? Uh, okay, I thought he was good in POA. May, oh, it was Xander who's, who was good in POA, not Kepka. But I'm just I'm gonna play Kepka too. It's like I, I think he's got his mojo back, and he's playing in a big boy field, you know, with all these dudes. Um, I'm going back to Mr. Kepka as well, uh, and then Spieth. Uh, you know, I got a team USA is training hard and ready for the Olympic games. And so is Jacob. Whoa. I've got my lucky shirt and Xfinity flex. Oh yeah. Jacob's family got Xfinity internet with the best Wi-Fi for their home and a flex 4k streaming box free plus Peacock premium included. So Jacob is ready for anything. Go team USA with metal ceremonies, highlights, interviews, and more. Plus all his favorite streaming apps in one place. Can your internet do that? Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Peacock subscription required. Xfinity, proud partner of Team USA. Bet on speed again. Um, the guy, he's showed a little bit better off the tee this week. Uh, again, driver's not too important. The worry I have is if he misses wildly, then he has the trees to come in. But then he'll make some crazy fucking shot like he normally does, chip up and down and make his par. It's just what he's doing. That's what he did back then. That's what he's doing. That's what he's done the last few weeks. Uh, and then his iron game has been incredible. A really, really strong iron game. Um, and so I'm going back to them. So, you know, I, that means I'm rostering six of the, what, 10 guys uh, in this range. And, of course, I'll be a little bit less, um, you know, with my cash game cornerstones because that's the way I go. Uh, but that's why I think I'm just, I might just stick with DJ up top and just ride the 6K range. What about you? I think you should because, yeah, the 9K range has just got peppered. You've got everybody in there. So I would just skip the 10K range, Kenny. Play DJ, play these guys, mix them up, and you have yourself a good little player pool for GPPs. Yeah. I like that call. I'm with you. I, you know, I certainly like the long-term more in stronger fields. So usually you hear me talk about that at majors. This would be an event, like I said, I consider something like that where it's going to be a tougher track uh, in general. I mean, obviously it's not going to be as bad as some of these majors that we see, but it is a big boy course. Like I said, and there's a lot that comes out of that. So I think that comes into play a lot more similar to last week. I like that, and it worked out quite well. So I think if you're looking at it here, um, you know, X and Cantley are the standouts and the ownership will be there, but rightfully so. Like you said, they could have been flipped with guys like Bryson, maybe even Rory for all we know at certain guys, you know, X has just been on fire with the second places. You could start with X and build some X Cantley lineups. You could use them as the second piece in with your DJ, or if you want to go with Rom and X or Rom and Cantley, that would be a, a unique way to go. I think because everyone's on DJ or someone in between. So I like those two guys. They're the ones that stand out. Brooks, was the GPP standout for me over Morikawa. So Morikawa's get a lot of love in the betting streets. I bet him because I think that's a good number, 30 to one. Some people even got him 33. So I get why you're betting that and everything. But I think Brooks, like you said, the fact that he just won and now he has, now it's like sort of, okay, what can you do now in front of all these other big names? And, and that's sort of the angle you mentioned. And I like that one. So uh, I'm with you there. Berger and Finau, you know, those are the guys. I'm not playing... Spieth, I think I'm done with Matsuyama. I'm not 100% on this one yet because I like Scott already right there. Um, because him, and, but but him and Scott both have such good tee to green games long term and the upside. So I don't know where I'm at yet with Matsuyama, but I'm out on Spieth. I'm out on um, Morikawa, and I'm not going to be very heavy on Brooks. I just think he's the GPP standout there. But I, I like Berger still. I don't know if you saw all the stats, but there's some good ones posted. I mean, the multi wins with the names that he's up there with are incredible. The, what is it? 26 rounds now under 70. And it's like the second time he's done that. If he can just keep doing that. I mean, even here, that's going to be huge. If he can do that. So at 9,400, I think that price is fair and nobody likes to play a guy off a win, but he's, you know, sort of the same zone POA, everything that he did last week works here and plays here. So I'm, I'm good with that. He's priced down a little bit. 
And then Finau, you mentioned, but he's just a, another guy. Fair price. Price, you know, Spieth is the guy that's going to get the love, I think, at 9,200. We'll see, though, because everyone always loves to play Finau, but I'll definitely play Finau and just get rid of Spieth out of my pool. I thought I'm not that, too, too, about Spieth, but I, it was wild. Like, I, you know, when I saw him 37-1 to 1 early this morning, like, you know, I went to work at, like, 4 o'clock this morning, and by, like, 6 or 7, some of the odds are posted. He was 37-1, to 1, and I look back. Just right now, he's 40-1. to 1. So I don't know what that means, really. I'm not like the betting expert yet. Uh, I would I would say Fino gets more ownership out of the gate, just on paper, anyway. So that's what I mean. Yeah. I'm saying, but if that's the case, I'm not going to play Smith because he's lower owned. I just don't want to play him, and I'll just play more Fino to make sure I get overweight there. I'll play Fino over Smith all day here at this course. The setup, the idea of it, just everything he's been doing lately, and Smith has been grinding. I mean, Fino has been grinding. Like he's coming off, you know, second, second, third, fourth or something. Like he just yeah. can't close. So he's right there with Cantlay, with mm-hmm. X. All those guys are my favorites in this range. All right, let's move to this AK range. I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I'm going to start with Leishman. Uh, really good form. Australian narrative. Yusukukuyu, uh, pretty good track record here. Uh, I do like him. His stats don't really stand out. So I don't know how popular he will be. Uh, so I think he could make a good play in GPPs. Um, I, you know, I'm going to play um, Cam Smith, one of the better POA putters out there. Again, the Aussie narrative. Uh, I do like him. Um, and then I, 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 I'm not sure who else I'm going to play. I thought about Bubba. I thought about Scheffler, but I'm not quite sure. I know I'm going to play the two Aussies, uh, but outside of that, I don't know, I'm going to play Homa too. I'm going to play home with the guys who are playing really good golf. That shot on 18 was pretty sick. <laughs> when he was underneath the tree, hit his driver or his three wood on the, it was a two wood and he actually hit it into the tree. Um, somebody made a joke during the telecast that that was actually a three wood because he hit, he hit the tree uh, with, with his, with his follow through. Uh, the guys are playing good. I think he finished fifth here last year. Uh, those three, I'm definitely going to play. Um, I don't think, I think Leishman and Cam are going to be, aren't going to be very highly owned. I think Homa might own some ownership. So, so I, you know, with the, with the way my roster construction is, if I play a lot of DJ, I don't know how many people I can fit in this range. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about Bubba, you know, thinking about Scheffler, but I don't know if I'd be able to fit him. Yeah. That's another way you could approach it though. I don't hate that. Just going back to roster construction. If you go with DJ and an 8k guy, right. And plug it in this way, DJ Bubba lineup to start off the, you know, I think that's good. I'm going to bet bubble. We'll get to that stuff later, but I do like some of the guys in here and that's why, you know, the struggle is what you do up top, but you know, Neiman Hovland, these guys are, you know, sort of where I get into these pods of, of two, two man pods. You'll see as the theme, as I go through the, the spreadsheet here with you guys and, and talk through all my plays, but uh, you know, Neiman Hovland, just two guys that have the all around game that you're looking for, right. That sort of, you know, fits everything good off the tee, good on approach, you know, worry a little bit with a guy like Hovland around the greens, but he's improved a little bit with it and then can always get these putters hot. And then these guys sort of run away with it. So I think they're interesting. You mentioned Leishman, good GPP play, because I think he's not, he's got the course history and the, you know, sort of the, the trend correlations, but then he won't pop on the models and the stats. So I, I like that there. Um, Willie Z, this price fell off a cliff, but I don't really see last week and this week being too different versus you know, the fact of, you know, some of the, the setup of it, but I just mean in general, if Willie Z was in play last week at 8,300, I think he's definitely in play here. His numbers are still certainly, as far as stats are concerned, still suited for a course like this. Hope that nobody hops back on. You mentioned, you know, Homa Smith. I think all these guys will be lower owned. Scheffler. Uh, I like Willie Z though. And then I like Matthew Wolf and Kokrak. That's sort of the next tier, another bubble, but just two guys that can bomb it out there. Solid all around. Uh, Wolf especially seems too cheap at 8,100. We've seen Kenny, his irons look a little bit better. And then another thing, you know, California kid probably used to it. I, I think he's really cheap at 8,100. He looks good to me down here. Yeah. For this I'm, I'm, I'm definitely betting Wolf at 80 to one because that number seems insane to me uh, for a guy of his caliber. We know that he's been able to play tough courses. It's just, I don't know if I can fit him. Uh, it's possible. And I expect him to be a little popular at that price. Uh, so I don't know, but I'm definitely betting him. Definitely betting him this week. All right, let's go to the 7K range. Tam, why don't you just go ahead? I was just looking up odds on my book because that's a good call. And I had one, I had room for one more bet this week, Kenny. And I just want to see really quickly here what he is on my book. For Yeah, I went, I went seven bets this week. Uh, I went three short hands. And then I think I went four over uh, 70 to one. So, uh, because I mean, there's just so many, there were so many good numbers for some of like these he golfers. already got hit a little, he's at 70 at my book. So I'll think okay, about that yeah. one. I've only got five. We'll get to those later. I've mentioned some of them. 
yeah, so hopping it in here, man, to this uh, 7K range is what we're talking about. So uh, normally I have nothing, you normally I have something at least bad to say, I should say about Abe Answer. Like I always find something to pluck at him. We've had our conversation with him versus Ricky. I mean, that seems to be clearly in your favor now. You know, Ricky's fell off the face of the earth. We'll get to him in a second. But uh, Answer, nothing really bad to say about him here, man. He's great off the tee, solid all around, grinds out the cuts, has upside when he hits the weekend. He's 7,900. So I like him. Uh, always have some GPP interest in Nah. We've talked about him enough, but you know, in the past, but this guy wins on tour a lot more than most in this range. And you can't really win if you're not in the mix to at least get lucky. And that's where he puts himself. Um, he can definitely do that. Even in strong fields, we've seen it plenty of times. 7,900 seems fair. Uh, Garcia really stands out at his price over the last year of combined stats. He's one of the best off the tee in the field, top 15 tee to green in general. This is again, where I'm going long-term. You can probably still check these numbers short-term and they'll check out because uh, the only thing he really needs to improve on a little bit, and it's usually a strength point, is his irons. So I'm definitely going to be mm-hmm. in on Garcia. We'll talk about him some more, I'm sure. Uh, Siwoo and Fitzpatrick are sort of GPP flyers for me. Siwoo missed the cut at the AT&T, um, which could help us get him at lower ownership, but he just won the Amex recently. He does pop at some of the you know trends and correlation stuff. T to green approach, bogey avoidance, all extremely important here, and he pops heavily for those and just usually doesn't get a lot of love. So we'll, we'll see about that. And then Fitzpatrick, a guy that just grinds, you can see it. He's on the Memorial leaderboards. He's on the masters leaderboards. He's there. Uh, you know, he really does pop in tough fields. And I think at 7,600, he may go overlooked. And then the last guy, and then I'll kick it over to you before we do the lower seven Ks. Cause again, a lot of guys were going in this range, at least for me, but um, Cameron train golly. And, and I say train because I'm going to keep riding the train. This guy just doesn't stop, man. This guy's, in the mix last week, I was, you know, not expecting a top 10 again. And sure enough, he's right there. And now we get the price tip, rightfully so based on the field strength. But realistically, when you look at the all around game that's required and what his ball striking has been lately, he, he should be in the mix to be able to make a cut for us and then have upside over the weekend. So uh, we'll see what his ownership does. If he gets way off the board, crazy ownership, like I said, you've got Garcia, Kim, Fitzpatrick, guys below him, Connors, Davis, that we'll get to that I could see pivoting. But as of right now, he seems pretty strong to me in something like a single entry cash game build. And then if you want to get overweight in large field stuff, I wouldn't hate it, hate that either. Yeah. My fourth cash game cornerstone is Sergio Garcia. The guy's made like seven of eight cuts here, seven of his last eight cuts here, a couple of top fives, really good form coming in. I think, uh, uh, I think like three straight top 25s, a 12th, a 6th, 47th, 11th. So three out of four uh, top 15s uh, coming into this field. Uh, you know, the guy's ball striking extraordinaire. That's what you need at this course. Uh, Tita Green, he's excellent. Par fives, he's excellent. Uh, chipping around the green, he's excellent. Uh, and he's sneaky long, you know, 20th, uh, inside the top 20 in driving distance uh, in this field. So he'll have a lot of short irons to go out there, uh, which could help him with his, you know, iron play, which hasn't been great lately, like you said. Uh, so I, I Sergio, so my cash game cornerstones this week, Cantley 9,600. Um, I even forgot what my other one was. It was Fina. Cantley. Finau at 9,300, Scott at 9,000, and uh, Sergio at 77, at least 14,4, which is a little bit less than what I normally leave for my other two spots. But I'm trying to get three weeks of 404. Also, I'm trying to, there's plenty of options in the high 6K to the mid 7K where you can fill out the rest of your lineup. So that's where I'm going this week. I do like Carlos Ortiz and GPPs. The guy's just been too close for too long. Uh, with a win here earlier. The guy's just been up there in every leaderboard. doesn't matter the strength of the field. The guy's just been crushing it. Um, so I'm going with him. He's actually top five best power putter uh, in the field in the last 100 rounds. Uh, so I'm going Ortiz. I like Kevin Na, uh, again, uh, because the win equity is there. The guy just wins a lot. Uh, so you can throw him in. I don't know how popular he'll be uh, at all. So I like Na. Uh, I like Siwoo. Again, another guy, pretty good. Um, you know, I think he's top 10, uh, six in my rankings in the last 50 rounds. Tita Green, solid, really good around the green. He's actually first in stroke skating around the green in the last 50 rounds. Uh, you know, really good on longer par fours. He's third in par four efficiency from 450 to 500 yards. So I like Steve Wu. Uh, going down just a little bit. I like Cam Davis. Again, tons of birdies. Good on par fours. Iron game's been really strong. Plenty of DK points. Uh, so, you know, long off the tee. So I like Cam Davis. He's been playing good golf. Um, other guys that I'm, I'm thinking of in this range. There's, see, there's so many guys down here. Like Streelman's in play. Uh, 
Burns is in play. I really like JT Poston. He's cash viable. Uh, I think this week, I love Luke List. I got a bet on him, 175 to one this week. A lot of great plays. I'm even thinking about Keegan Bradley. Now the thing about rostering guys like Keegan Bradley and like Benny on like Supreme ball strikers who like can't putt. It's like the equivalent of like banging a stripper. Okay. Like, you know, you shouldn't, but if it's cheap enough, you're probably going to do it. So that, that, that that's what I go when I think about Keegan, when I think about Benny on and Keegan's at that level where he might not be cheap enough, you know? So, so I'm not sure about Keegan. We'll see. Uh, but like these guys, you know, Hoffman had a hell of a week last week, a lot of choices down here uh, in this seven K range. So I'm definitely going to be, you know, I, I'm not hundred percent sure where I'm going. I'll probably play a bunch of these guys. It'll just, I need a little bit more time to dig. So you'll see more of these plays in my write-up on Wednesday. What about you? Early, early in 2021, and we've got the podcast bit of the year uh, up there with, uh, you know, rostering Keegan Bradley as like banging a stripper. Like that's got to be one of the best, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's rough, but if it's cheap enough, you probably do it. Wow. You probably do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I had to call that out. That's too good. Uh, I'm with you though. Cam Cam Davis, uh, a guy we just, you know, Corey Connors and Cam Davis. So back to my two man hubs here. Connors and Davis, both solid ball strikers, need the putter, but they can have massive upside if they get to the weekend. Corey Connors, you mentioned the Masters stuff earlier. I'm not saying he went off or anything, but that year that he was in, you know, first time getting there, he sort of showed up. So I could go back to Connors. Burns is a guy I like quite a bit. So Burns and Harmon are the next group for me, just on recent form more than anything. But that's, you know, again, guys that have shown a little bit more. And Burns would stand out to me as almost, again, we knew who he was last year. We've been following this guy. We've watched him play and do well. But like lately, the guys that you've seen, sort of the Akshay Batias, we didn't talk about him earlier, but hitting all those greens on Thursday was incredible. 18 for 18, the names that he was up there with, obviously gets a little bit more pressure put on him, not going to college and seeing some of the guys coming out of college in the Hovland, Wolf, Morikawa types that are going out and getting wins pretty early. So he's getting it a little bit rough in that sense, but he's got plenty of time and he's extremely young. He's 19 years old, rolling around on private jets with Phil Mickelson and everything. So I, I think he's doing okay for himself, getting a good mentorship, doing his thing. And that was incredible what he did. But you look at some of these names, the Will Zalatoris, when you don't want to pay these premiums for them, and then you just forget how good they actually are. And that's a guy like Sam Burns for me that you can just play here at 7,400. No problem. Don't even worry about the field strength, whatever. He's been playing great golf lately. I'm in. Uh, Streelman is another guy that stands out coming off a good showing at Pebble. Like again, not much changes the, you know, West coast POA played pretty well. Obviously that three putt sucked down the stretch for the double, but that happens, right? Charlie Hoffman list. These guys would sort of be the GPP flyer standouts for me. Uh, Hoffman, if he gets popular off people chasing last week, then maybe not so much, but you mentioned things like the masters, the trends, the fact, you know, the stats, they all do line up and he can be good off the tee. He can have a pretty good game. And you saw what he can do Sunday rounds coming in hot has done a lot of things for guys coming into these bigger tournaments and, and makes the confidence level there in a big boy event like this. So, which again, he's a veteran anyway, savvy veteran. We've got lots of experience and stuff. I'm not too worried about it either way. I think you mentioned Poston. Uh, I'm with you a little bit there. Um, after that, I guess Kucher. You know, second here last year. The only thing about him is he's just lacking the upside these days. So this is sort of another thing I'll point out as we go down through these ranges. He wouldn't be a bad sixth man. If you want to plug in, maybe a made cut, just don't expect the upside. And that's the challenge. You kind of need the upside these days in these, in these tournaments. So it's not, not obviously you always do that. Sounds dumb. I'm saying like you, you can't just have this sixth guy that just makes the cut as much as it seems in events like this, you really need that. You can't have the uh, 69.5 Kyle Stanley points last week to round out your roster. That's the difference between the guy winning it and the guy coming in 10th. And we know what the payouts are in the difference between first and 10th. So get yourself a good six man in there. And maybe, you know, that's not Kucher for this week. I just thought I'd bring up the fact that he came second last year. Uh, Other guys down here, Kenny, uh, Dylan Fratelli, GPP flyer, Matt Jones played him last week. Didn't do enough to deter me. So I'd go back in on him. He can get hot. Uh, you mentioned some of the stuff around the greens, you know, things like that. I think he would suit it quite well for that reasoning. And, and other than that, man, the, you know, knock steel Todd types would probably be, and that's why I brought up the Kucher thing. These might be a little more capable at upside than a guy like Kucher. So why use Kucher when you can use knock steel or Todd, right? That's what I'm saying there. I'm bringing it up. So yeah, I, do, I, do like, you- I do like Brendan steel. One thing I will say about Luke list. I think it's either like, I think nine of his last 11 top tens have come on courses where the winning score is 15 under or less. That's probably what we're expecting this week. So that's why I like Luke. And he's been playing good golf. 
uh, here recently. So, so I like Luke a lot. Uh, the 175-1 to one number, I am all over that, and I'm probably going to jump on a top 20, top 40 for him. Uh, you know, if it's going to be if a top 20 is going to be probably like plus 600, plus 700, if he's going to be 175 to one, which would be my guess. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna pounce on that. Um, let's okay. move to the 6K range. You know, you got. Again, like you said, Gim, Champ, Neesman. Neesman has been hitting greens like it's his job. I guess it is his job since he's a golfer. But, like, okay. the guy's just been hitting a fucking shit ton of greens. One of the best from 150 to 175. You're looking at 35 to 40% of approaches in that range, 150 to 175. He's top 10 in this field, in this field, with guys like Roy, <laughs> DJ, JT, Bryson, Rom. He's 10th in this field. In proximity from 150 to 175, he's ninth actually in this field. Fifth in strokes gain approach in this field, and $6,900. Uh, so, like I said, you know, you you can do things down here below to fill out the rest of the cash lineup, like I was talking about. There's plenty of options. Domin top five here last year. You got Hoagie who's playing good golf. A33, no one's gonna roster him after he fucked everyone last week. That's <laughs> what's been happening. You know, guy misses the cut, comes back next week, balls the fuck out. So I'm back on him. Michael Thompson down here in this range. Um, <coughs> one fly. Uh, I'm smoking too many new boards. Uh, all right. One thing. Charles Schwartzel. Uh, I sort of like him a little bit. He got the South African Kukuyu narrative. Really good on par fives. You got to be strong on par fives. He's fifth in this field in strokes game par five in the last 50 rounds. Even though he hasn't been playing great golf in 6,500, I will take a flyer. Who you got? Anybody? Well, you named a bunch of them there. I just, you know, right out of the gate, I would say that I'm still sticking to like max of one below this range and I'm building my lineups. I don't really love using two of them. I guess you could get away with it like a champ and a Neesmith. But yeah, so Cam, Cam Champ, Munoz, Von Taylor, Redman, I would say are some of the guys I like the most down here for potential upside if they make the cut. Uh, you mentioned Gim and Neesmith. I think they stand out. Then you've got like your Howell, Long, Schwartzel sort of grinder types. And that's, again, back to why I brought up Kucher. I wasn't, you know, loving the Kucher play. I was just bringing up that he had a second year last year, but I think he lacks the upside. And you might have like a Howell, a Long, a Schwartzel that could be your sixth man for cheaper. So why not when you could plug him in for cheaper than Kucher and still round out your lineup and then use that four or 500 bucks uh, for more up at the top. So I, I do like that. Von Taylor, course history beast. This guy's 13th, 9th, 20th, the last three here. A couple other top 25s prior and then played pretty good last week. The stats that we're talking about and line up. And then you already mentioned the Varner take uh, back to the well for sure. $1,000 cheaper because of the field strength. I get it. But if you look at, you know, the setup, it's not going to be that much different. What we wanted from him last week would play well here. So I'm definitely going to be back in on Varner at 6,700. So I guess what I would say to round up my thoughts, Kenny, I got nobody else down here, but I would say, I'm, I'm liking max of one 6K guy, but if you want to do a few lineups with like a Varner champ or a Varner Munoz or something like that, where you think Neesmith, who you talked about, I was trying to look it up. I think, uh, I can't remember if it was Neesmith, but I'm pretty sure uh, Neesmith took it away. I had like a nice double last season or you know, a year and a half ago with Hovland and everyone expected him to win this Corn Ferry event and get everything ready to go. And then Neesmith took it away. Uh, and so that was that, but yeah, anyway, th- these guys, maybe those two or a couple of these guys down there could go in a few to make some big DJ lineups work, but I- I'm just not really loving the six K range more than one in most of my lineups as what I'm looking at right now. All right. That sounds good. Let's get the bets. Uh, go ahead, Tim. Who you got? I got five, man. I mentioned at the top. So I got Cantlay at 18. You talked about already just playing too good. I think he's great play in DFS. I think he's a great bet for the week. I think everyone's betting him. It would be another community win. And we used to say these things don't happen very often, but that has not been the case lately, right? A lot of community wins going down. So uh, I'll get in on Cantlay. I think Morikawa, Bubba, these two are the next 30 and 45. I got numbers on them. These are another two that everyone's talking about that I like for good reason. I think, you know, all the factors that go with it. I like Neiman. Got him at 50 with the top five each way. And then I got Cam Davis at 100 with the top five each way. I'm definitely considering uh, the Wolf bet, though, at 70. So I'm likely to bet that when we get off here. Yeah, so I got Canley 18 to 1. Finau 29 to 1. I got that feeling. I got that feeling, Finau. <laughs> right. uh, and we got Speed 37 to 1, but now it's 40 to 1. So if you go to your books now, uh, it should be 40 to 1. Then I got Leishman 71. Instead Wolf, of going to your books to on speed, yeah, sort of cut you off. Instead of going to your books, go to your local charity site and donate that money. That's <laughs> I don't know, trash. man. I got this feeling, man. I think you got, speed, you got this I, feeling I, about Fino, but now speed. I got Fino. No, no, I no, no. I got the speed. Fino. Speed's just been playing good, and I like that number. 
for a guy okay. that that you know who looks like he's coming back to form you know all 40 to one for a guy who's won what six majors i know his game hasn't been but it's three. looking like it's three getting majors. there it, how many three he only, he only has three i believe so i thought it was four maybe i'm wrong maybe it is three I, he's won one each then he's won the masters he's won uh they have the open and he won what the PGA. He hasn't won the U S open. Correct. correct. He should, no, he did win the U S open when, when, so he hasn't won the PGA. It's one of those two that he hasn't won, but it's yeah. three majors. Because I mean, he didn't, he beat DJ when DJ like five putted. That's what it was. Bay. Chambers Bay. Yeah. So, so, so right. I'm right. He, I, I'm, I'm getting too excited here. Three majors, but like, you know, what 14 wins or something like that. Maybe even more than that. I don't know. I, it's just the way he's been playing. I think he just increasingly gets better. Like, like the first week, I thought maybe it was a fluke. Uh, the second week, he actually improved ball striking, you know, and then his putter failed him on Sunday. Uh, so it's been a couple of Sundays, and, like, he used to be really good on Sundays. And the guy is, you know, one of the best around the green still and with his yeah. putter. So 40 to 1, I do okay, not hate that number. I'm just saying, I was with you on the top of the show. I think it's, you know, like I said, even when he doesn't, everyone says eagle hole outs, and guess what? It would have been within inches either way. So he's playing better golf. There's no doubt about that. I'm saying now you, you're talking about the Waste Management Phoenix Open and the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am with the worst field it's ever seen. Now you're hopping into the lion's den with the the, the Riviera with these guys. It's up because, there, it's because he's 40 to 1. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the number. I feel value in that. Uh, I mean, if he was like, you know, 28 to 1, 25 to 1, I wouldn't touch him. You know, 40 to 1, 37 to 1 is where I got him. 40 to 1 is now. I just think that's value for a guy who looks like he's on the upswing. I could be wrong. He could miss the fucking cut and suck ass again, and I'll talk shit about him again next week. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, it's it's very possible that that shit fucking happens. Uh, but for, for right now, I'm going with it. So, once again, um, can't lay 18 to 1. Um, uh, Finau, 29 to 1. Speed 37 to 1, which is now 40 to 1. Uh, and I got Leishman 70 to 1, Wolf 80 to 1, Ortiz 90 to 1, Luke List 175 to 1. And there will be a top 20 and top 40 bet probably on Luke. Uh, so that's where I'm going. So a one and done. I'm like in the mix, uh, in the Mayo Cup. I'm like in the like the top 300, like 3,500. So I don't know if I'll be giving my pick away, but I, I'll go, I'll go with either DJ, uh, Cantlay, Finau, Bubba, one of those guys, maybe even least one of those five guys I'll probably go with this week. Yeah. Kenny and I are like brothers now, for those of you who don't know. So I am picking on him a little bit more lately. This guy's talking about being in the mix with like 35 events to go, and he's not giving his pick away now because of that. <laughs> like, I'm in the not mix doing right it. now. Not doing it, bro. Tell, tell, you know, there's only the four mix. It's because I WGC, sucked ass. You it's because it. I sucked ass last year. You yeah. know, so I feel, I feel like, oh, shit, I'm doing all right. You know what I'm hey. saying? I'm doing all right. I had a winner. I had a runner-up. I'm doing okay. Uh, the wolf withdrawal fucked me. I should have been way more ahead. <laughs> uh, but but other than that, I'm doing pretty fucking good, okay? So, so that's the way it's going to go until, you know, I drop into, like, 1,500 plates in the next three weeks. Then I'll just give you my exact pick every week again, which yeah. is probably going to fucking happen. Yeah. We'll keep seesawing all season. But I'm, I'm yeah. with you, and I, I, I think right now I'm just going to burn up Cantlay. I still got him. I'm going to just use him up. He's playing some good golf. The course makes sense. Everything lines up. Take what I get out of it. I don't DJ. I love, and I'm going to be so heavy in DFS and I could just commit to it all in, but there's always that worry in the back of my mind that the week off actually hurts him. So whatever, you know, it makes sense. I like how it's going to build out for the week. I'm never an all in guy when it comes to, uh, you know, these large field things, I might go 60% if he's going to be 30 or something and and commit that way. But I like, uh, I like Cantlay, Bubba, a couple of guys like that, but probably use Cantlay. All right, that sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Uh, I'll sort of tighten up my picks uh, for the week coming up on Wednesday. I'll add my favorite plays. Uh, I'll, I'll add, you know, you've got my bets, but I might, I don't know if those are all going to be it. I'll throw in a couple top 20s, top 40s, which has been sort of my go-to. Uh, that'll all be on Gups Corner. You can find promo codes on my Twitter feed. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter as well at toe tag and Tambo. Hit me up there. If you guys have any questions, add me, whatever, uh, over on Roto grinders, brought it up earlier, guys, rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Get yourself 10 bucks off your first month. 
I've got the Monday lineup review show, which pairs well. It sometimes feels like, oh, you just look at the winning lineups. It's not what it always is, right? We're looking at how did they do it, the constructions, the player pools, exposures, everything they used. And then it ties in with the Wednesday show that I do. So the Wednesday show is a lineup HQ show, breaking down how to use the optimizer and looking at what some of the common build types look like based on the chalk of the week and what we've heard from around the industry. Always have a special guest on with me there. And then we're putting it together on what you can do to make your pool a little bit differently. I like it. Uh, Kenny's been you know talking about it all season, waiting till Wednesday to build a majority of his lineups because they're always the best lineups. And that's sort of exactly how I feel and what I do because then you have all the information. I got no problem building a few early week lineups to have some fun with it, but I saved the majority of what I do talking 75% or more for Wednesday because I want to get the latest news, the latest weather, injuries, potential, yep. anything, what you yep. can possibly get. So that show's important. And then Tuesday nights, myself, Notorious and STL Cards, all great players in their own right. We, we're breaking it down from the same perspective, but just a little bit more information than, you know, Kenny and I got as sort of a first look overview. So check us out over there. Yo, Notorious, Notorious been balling a little bit, huh? He's oh, been a pretty good couple man. of weeks. He's, he's been doing having everything, a good couple of weeks, man. Oh, yeah. He's crushing yeah. it right now. All right. Anything else, Tambo? Nope. That's it, man. Good luck, everybody, this week. And take us out. Take us home, Kenny. All right, guys. It's a, it's a hell of a field. It's going to be a fun week. Uh, I don't really have much more to say than let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. If your preferred climate is business-friendly, check out Ohio. With 0% taxes on corporate income, R&D investments, and goods sold out of state, Ohio is better for business. Because Ohio isn't built for followers. They're building for leaders. Ohioisforleaders.com Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.